Hey, welcome back to Dungeons and Dax. Rachel Ann, you made it just barely in time. I was looking at the countdown and I thought I had more time. Okay, sorry. <laughs> welcome, Rachel Ann. Are you nervous? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm laughing at myself for having a fun, chaotic start, but I think that ties in well to our theme so absolutely ask if you're nervous because we're going to be talking about nerves we're going to be talking about fear we're going to be talking about anxiety well we're going to be talking about friends and yes. overcoming these things and doing awesome things so for those of you who don't know rachel ann robertson aka the ever adventurous she is awesome I'll, I'll tell my first interaction with you it's a lovely story you were advertising on facebook that you were doing cosplay headshots and stuff at evermore park which is a fantastic backdrop for any sort of pictures. And I was like, you know what? I need a new LinkedIn photo. And so I was like the one person who reached out. I was like, hey, I need a professional headshot, but I want it to be, you know, suddenly nerdy in the background. And so that's how we became friends is I'm like, hey, can you do this for me? And <laughs> we awkwardly went to Evermore Park. We didn't really know each other, but by the end we were laughing and we became friends. Do you remember, how long ago was that? Oh, uh, was it? Three years? Is that too long ago? Was it was before year? times. I think it was 2019. Yeah. Oh, it was 2019? Maybe. Whoa. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. It wasn't yeah. 2019 because I didn't even start the business until then. going to say. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, so that's how I got to know you. For everyone else listening, tell us about yourself, Rachel Ann. So I guess, I don't know, small, small bio to nerdiness. I grew up with two older brothers and a nerdy dad, and my older brothers introduced me to D&D &D when I was 11 or 12, and that's when I first started playing. My first character was a, was a rogue, and uh, we always watched, the, the brothers would always choose like really nerdy movies. We loved Star Wars, we loved Indiana Jones. And I watched like a lot of Star Trek growing up and everything. And my dad was also a, an English teacher and a theater teacher. So I would kind of every summer he'd bring his teaching supplies home and I'd, you know, watch every Shakespeare movie I could, you know, probably multiple times. And this is when I was like a young kid, you know, like I read <laughs> Romeo and Juliet in like sixth grade. I loved it. And I... I went on to become a theater major myself and I studied classical theater and there in Cedar City and worked as like a house manager for the Shakespeare Festival and then just kind of wild path of going to hair school and learning more about how to do makeup and hair and wig styling and things and then I what was it right around the time right before Evermore said they were going to start opening up. I had started getting into photography and I had started making YouTube videos on a different channel. I've only got one or two videos there. But it was about, you know, Renaissance fairs and fun events and things. And I wasn't sure of my exact path with that, but I was... I, I had read a book that was called like Start and it was about just like you don't necessarily need to know every step of the past just kind of like take the next step and I was like all right well I know that I want to be sharing experiences and I'd like to make videos and things so I'm just going to start and that was great because by the time Evermore opened I already had a little bit of photography under my belt and like they had a video contest 
where you could be the champion of Evermore if you submitted this video and stuff. And I only knew how to edit video because I just, you know, just started, you know, maybe a few months before that. And so I was like, it's great how things come together when you don't necessarily, you know, it's seems like such a huge goal. You're just like, oh, where am I going? But you're like, I don't know. But I know this is the next step, you know? Okay. And then, so where are you now? What what do you do? What is your main, like, uh, some nerd fandom? Yes. So I would say that I am a content creator who shares immersive experiences and costumed events and cosplay and just do creative, nerdy stuff with other people and dress up as often as I can. <laughs> dress up as often as you can. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's, let's, this show's all about the creative process and the collaborative process. And you, you mentioned a book that you read called Start. Mm-hmm. It just encouraged you to get out of there and to start new things. What sort of, I know you're a big fan of goals. We've talked about setting goals before. So what were some of your goals when you were getting more active in finding fans, finding fellow collaborators? What sure. goals did you set? Well, as far as ever adventurous, you know, it, it started as ever more adventurous and it was primarily about Evermore Park. It still is a very high percentage of what I cover on there. And my initial goal with it was just that even though I live two hours away from Evermore, I wanted to be able to connect with people. I wanted to be involved with what was happening. And so I was like, what's, what is a way that I can contribute? And what is a way that I can connect with people? And that's kind of why I started taking photos and posting photos because, and it was so great because I get messages from like people in Germany that were like, oh my gosh, you know, I love seeing everything over there because I don't know if I'll ever make it. I love seeing it. And I get, you know, the actors would thank me for taking pictures and different things. So it's very much fulfilled that goal of initially, especially, and I think it's still a big part, is just kind of a way for me to connect with nerds, even if I'm <laughs> kind of off. You know, like I put a post the other day trying to figure, I'm trying to connect with more nerds in my area, but I was just like, hey, is anybody in this area? Is, you know, cricket, nobody responds. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll keep trying. But two hours south of you, there's like, yes. <laughs> you just, you just got to move down here. Got to move yeah. down here. <laughs> all right. Now you approached me a few months ago with a crazy idea. It wasn't a fully formed idea yet. You had a, a couple of different thoughts on how it could go. And we got to work together to bring that idea to real life. Let's talk about that process. What first inspired this seed dream and how did it grow? Yes. Well, I was just sitting down with my brand new shiny journal. I do a lot of journaling to kind of help me find my next step or my why in the process or a lot of different things. And, you know, I wrote down, I want to do, you know, a, a D&D video before. And I've done one before. In fact, even Courtney, one of the actors in ours, has been in one of my immersive D&D projects before. We did a Candyland campaign where we all mm. cosplayed as candy characters. I was a cotton candy glamour bard. <laughs> but that was very much. I was just like, I know I want to do this. I don't know how. I had my friend DM. We like 
filmed it in her garage. My costume was a hot mess. It was falling apart. My wig was falling off. I was like rushed that day. It was like kind of disastrous, but also still very fun because I just, I loved the candy scene. We had like chocolate dice and stuff that we were rolling with. It was so much Mm. fun. (laughs) So I'd done like two D&D themed videos before. And I was just like, well, I just want to do it, but a little fancier this time. And I was like, if we could get maybe some nice B-roll of us playing and all be in costume and it would be in tandem with the the D&D movie coming out and all these things, you know, like going to see the movie together, just be this epic adventure because I was just like, what is the most ideal way that I could experience the D&D movie? And that's what I came up with. But yeah, like it was just a very small idea of just like, oh, let's play. And we'll take a little B-roll that we can like put to music and put on YouTube or like TikTok and stuff. And then you came in and everything changed. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. No, oh. it was so great. Oh, it's, I was, you started just throwing out these ideas. Of, well, why'd you um, come to me in the first place? Let's, let's start well, there. yeah, sure. Honestly, I, when, when I was not considering streaming it originally and we were just going to play and nobody was going to hear what we were saying, I was even considering DMing it myself because that's something that I have wanted to start once we were streaming. I was like, oh, it can't be me. It can't be me because I've never done it before. So that would be cool. <laughs> but so I was thinking through a few friends um, that that were options and stuff. And it was my husband, actually, who was like, well, why don't you get like a pro DM? And I was like, oh, I know one. Yeah. I took the picture that's on his website. Yeah. (laughs) And my husband had seen your Honey Heist um, sing, and he was singing your praises and saying that you had been great. And so I was like, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. I need to message Jax. And yeah, so that's what we did. And even at that point still, I wasn't really thinking of streaming, but you brought up the idea of, you know, we could stream, we could maybe collaborate with a different channel who might want some content, but maybe has more followers and stuff. And that did not work out, but it was a very exhilarating process. I must say, emailing several people that I had the audacity to email, (laughs) be like, what do you think of this idea? And, And that was, that was a very fun process of facing fears for me because I was just like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm contacting people about this and you know I just got non-responses from them but I was like that was kind of fun though but yeah I I I do you know sometimes I get a little bit of like a roller coaster exhilaration from you know doing things like that but yeah you just kind of had these great ideas about live streaming it and how it could be so much bigger of a project and you you very much boosted my confidence as far as sponsors and things and as we had that first meeting I just got this you know thought that I was like wow could we do this I really want to find out if we could do this and 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 I was telling you I was like I don't know initially even I was like I will you know because you were kind of willing to work with me a little bit. And I was like, I will try to see how much we can pay and all that sort of thing. But I really wanted to pay you full. So that was like my first priority. And then everything else was just an add-on, you know. And I was like, we'll see if we can have fancy filmographers because I don't know. I don't know who will respond to it. And we were able to bring in the Hive. And they were great because they have 
so many different cameras to work with and everything. So it was just kind of piece by piece, like telling people, I'm like, we might have this for now, just count on this, you know? And so like, there was a very big range of what it might become, depending on how pieces fell into place. And I was very, very, very happy with how it came out. There was a couple little details that we weren't quite able to get the budget for. Like I wanted to bring in a photographer for the the private screening so it could have more of like a mm-hmm. fake red carpet feel, you know, <laughs> and things like that. But as far as the stream itself, I was very, very pleased. Mm-hmm. I remember that those initial meetings and I, I like to think big, I like mm-hmm. to think big first. I want to come up with a vision, get excited about it and then start breaking it down into smaller stuff. Yes. I loved that about our first meeting. Cause I feel like the first half of it was us just kind of like doing the Pixar yes room that we were just like, if we could do anything, what would it be like? And we were just throwing out ideas and it didn't matter how far fetched they were. And then the second half of the meeting, we're like, okay, which of these do we want to take and make action steps and go towards, you know? And I, that was so great. And we did. We did. You did. I, I got to <laughs> say, because I knew you were such like a huge part of the nerd community around here. Everyone knows Rachel Ann. You've taken so many people's pictures and you've made so many people smile. And, and so I, I knew you had this power to attract, to gather people together and so i think i i called you the nick fury of this project because we were assembling all the avengers from you know your your years of of working in this space and it was fascinating to see yeah, your updates because we we would check in every week hey these people oh are involved. yeah hey these people are on board and like, that was what about fun. this and then i was I would... like oh man she's doing more work than i am i gotta make sure that i'm worth it <laughs> so i had to put extra work in but you did so well getting people together and getting people to share that vision. So thanks for that. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. It, I had so much fun and it was really great because like some of the sponsors were really, really excited to be involved and just had the the kindest responses that, you know, I was just like, oh, geez, you didn't have to be so cute about it, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up hosting this at Evermore Park in one of their buildings that was perfect for the one shot that we did with all of the creepy alchemical supplies on the walls and the star maps on the ceiling. I was going to put us in the tavern or I I initially, in the very beginning, imagine this in Bander's Keep, which is sort of like, I don't know, the halls of Rohan kind of feel. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you started talking about like, oh, it's got like this star theme and astronomy and jars. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. They have a whole set for that. What am I doing? You know, it was perfect. Yeah. So I got to, I got to visualize the story. I was adapting something from keys to the golden vault and I knew you had done a lot of like Victorian cosplay stuff and a lot of mm-hmm. your friends were into that. So I'm like, okay, let's make it Victorian. Let's make it spooky. Um, let's make it a heist because the, the D and D movie coming out is all about heist. And so we mix those things together. I gave you a vision of what it would look like aesthetically yes. and I'm, I'm not an artist i'm not a designer i'm i just i like words words and you were able to take that and you were able to see it and find those places you did a great job location scouting for us <laughs> <laughs> oh that was so fun and just the the balancing act of we were kind of trying to keep things secret from me because i was a player and we wanted mm-hmm. genuine reaction 
but I also kind of had to know some things because I was helping source a lot of props and different things for it. That was, you know, I mean, ideally I would have more of a team and I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to focus on making my character and practicing my makeup and stuff. And you do all of this. But I just took weeks and did probably a little too much of it. But I had so much fun because I love. <laughs> Went above and beyond I, on those props. I, I so love good. so many different elements of production. You know, I love costumes. I love props. I, I'm not great at building sets, but I love it. You know, I'm great at painting them, I guess. But <laughs> And so, yeah, I had a lot of fun just kind of trying to make sure that we had all of the things that you were hoping. Because I gave you, I was like, tell me. The list of things that you would want to have fun props and to make this more immersive and more interactive for the players. Yeah. And a lot of people were willing to, to sponsor and, and donate things to us. We Nerdy Wolf, a store at the Provo Mall, they provided a lot of props for us. I actually ended up buying one of the potion bottles because I loved it so much. So here it is. Yes. Oh, how fun. Watching it. Uh, yes, I'm I saw that you it. signed. I saw that you signed the map. Yeah, the map the is store. in the store right now. Is Did it you funny? Sign it? No, Did I. It? It's funny, but I he wasn't there that day, and I didn't know the employee who was there. So I was like, I'm not. I'm not gonna sign it when they don't know who I. <laughs> He's got to. I was like, stealth sign it. You got stealth sign it. <laughs> but uh, I would love to eventually because I was so time fun. You're in town. Yeah, Bennett yeah. and I were there when they put it up, and I signed yes. it. We're not and Bennett so, and I, we like peer pressured each other. I'll do it. You do it. So one of the things that we have in our little description for this episode is like, you know, how we met people and, and got all this together. So I'll just briefly, Jim, who runs the Nergy Wolf, it, it's such a fun story how we met because he would come to Evermore as a world walker and he had these amazing necklaces that he would trade with and people would buy from him. And he was the first vendor at Evermore. And we actually did online RP together and like our characters were very close. And so we spent a ton of time together online. And then when he started his business, he would bring me in occasionally to help with photography and things. And he has been, <clears throat> honestly, I think one of the biggest supporters of me as I've tried to dive more into it. So I am very, very grateful. He's a great friend. Who were some of the other people that we brought on board? For? Yeah, so many people I've I've met either through RP or through photography. But Bennett, he was sitting by a fireplace at Evermore and he was wearing this full armor and he just looked so cool. And I just shyly went over <laughs> and I was like, hey, I really like your costume. Can I take a picture? And I did and stuff. And I was like, I, you know, I'm always like, I don't know if this is going to sound weird in my head, but I'm just like, if you ever come again or like want to set up a time, we can do like a full photo shoot because like this is a really cool get up. And sometimes, you know, maybe about like once a month, I'll just kind of choose someone that I've met that I really like their costume or I really believe in their project or something. And I'll do like a free thing, you know. On the topic of yeah. Bennett, he's actually watching right now. And he You're on Facebook. He said. One of my favorite days, cross swords, heart, <laughs> whatever that means. So thanks, Bennett. That's so fun. And Courtney, I knew from Evermore and online RP and then Rain and Bella, they were friends of friends. They were friends of Bennett and Courtney. And I had briefly met them and taken photos 
of rain anyway, just briefly. So that was that was a little more of a leap to be like, hey, do you want to come play with us? And I'm so glad they said yes, because they are such fun and amazing people. And a little bit the same with Elowen. We didn't know each other super well at that point, but we had met and I just reached out to her and I was really glad that she was able to join us because, yeah, just so many amazing creators. That feeling of ah, just being able to play with people you admire so much and who inspire me. And it was really cool. I got to hang out with Elowen at the Guinness event. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I got to meet the other half of Smoking Barrel. I got yeah order as well. They were just so nice. I need to bring they them. They are the here. best. So we had this excellent cast of Avengers for this event. And we had a lot of people behind the scenes as well. Yes. Our first assistant director. We had videographers on photographers on set. Kirsten, Kirsten to me just made so much of this possible. She was like my assistant and like the assistant director for it. I, I'm, I, I do have ADHD, you know, and I, I just feel like when I have like a body double to like help me feel like things are not going to crumble and like somebody will tell me if I'm not on time or if I, I told her, I was like, I have a real tendency not to drink water and get woozy. So keep telling me to drink water. <laughs> she did that. So yeah, she was amazing. She just, anything that we needed, she is so efficient and made possible. And, and and that's something I want to say about you too, is I, I would recommend you as a DM to anybody, but I would also just recommend you as someone to work on a project with. Like your enthusiasm and your ideas and your commitment to it, it made me feel like really supported and it also, I, I just knew that I could trust you with those details and so many little things that I didn't quite have the time to deal with, like just printing out the spell cards. I was like, oh, we need spell cards and you were already on it and the character sheets and all sorts of things. So it was amazing. I couldn't have done it without you. And it sounds like you needed me as well. And oh, um, yes. That was perfect. Especially because uh, you're actually local, because I was like, how am I going to pick up all the props and then return the props? And then it's all there in Provo. Yeah, and I was the gopher. I was the you, gopher. It's like, Max, someone needs to go pick up the no, it's, it's not the most glamorous uh, <laughs> job. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because, yeah, that's like a lot of hours for me to drive to do that. And I did not want to take an extra day to do it. For like two days, I had a taxidermy goat head with a unicorn horn <laughs> in my car. <laughs> But I'm the one who asked for a taxidermied head in the first place. So yeah. It's kind of my fault. I set myself up for it. And that was yeah. from Gronda Dragons and Zon Creation, who apparently has had their stuff on like vampires and vampire diaries and stuff. So pretty swanky. Yeah, very, very swanky. That was that was the most expensive prop we had on that. Yeah. And I was I, I almost, making sure it was so well taken. I care. almost didn't let us have that prop because I was too nervous about how mm -hmm. You know, I was like, if something happens to that thing and, you know, we didn't have a specific taxidermy peg on the wall or anything. So I was, I almost pulled back on that, yeah. but she assured me it was very lightweight and, you know, cause I had thought maybe it'd be heavier and it, it worked, but, oh, I was nervous about that one. Cause I was like, we've got to take such good care. And with the adventure itself, I wanted it to feel, I wanted everybody to come up with their own ideas on how to perform this heist, how they were going to break mm -hmm. into the house, how they were going to find the book and then get out of the house. And so there were multiple 
possible entry points. And I got to build this out with a, a set of Dwarven Forge terrain that we borrowed from our friends at Die Hard Dice, which again, a, a connection that you made, people who liked you, and I was just the one who, you know, picked up the stuff. I just picked up the box and got to play with the boys. But thank you for setting that up because that was, Dwarven Forge is like the industry stand. I mean, critical yes. role you did them, so you know it's fancy. That was um, amazing for me. I have never played D&D with anything fancier than your typical grid rollout white bark whiteboard marker mat you know usually our minis are like you know monopoly pieces and stuff that's how i usually play so this was epic to me it was so amazing and that was something i really wanted and same thing with Die Hard dice they have really done so much for me as ever adventurous as far as like just being able to be in their affiliate program massively like i i do appreciate them so much yeah, and, they they yeah. were they were super nice and super cool. When I was returning Die Hard Dice stuff, we started talking about other projects, and then I got them involved with the Guinness World Record events oh, yeah. because of because of that connection that you helped us make. And oh, I am so happy because I'm they sent always me home with some free stuff too. So yeah, I'm very very happy. <laughs> I'm always happy to hear about anything that helps them out too. And yeah, they gave us a bunch of dice to give away. So cool. I. I won't get off on that tangent because I could sing their praises for a while. Yeah, we, we definitely could. But so with the adventure, there are four different ways to get in the spooky Victorian mansion. And I am so glad that as a party, as a group, you all decided to go in through a certain window, which would lead us to where the mimic head was. Yes. A, in the book, it's a, a deer head that is a mimic. But for us, it was a unicorn head mimic. I know. I'm like, I think and I have the little mini of it right here. Yeah. We <laughs> monsters.rent. They provided a bunch of monsters minis for us. And our friends at Geek Together, they printed off all of the character character tokens that we made on Hero Forge's website. But yeah, so we actually got to go into the room with the mimic and got to describe that eating people and we brought out the the goat head. And yes. we had a bunch of other props because I, I made a lot of strange requests for you props and one of those things was specimen jars eyeballs severed hands and some slugs and you and i we we went back and forth on how we were going to make these these tadpole slug things work out make it do we buy it and i actually have them right here occasionally my three-year-old comes and he wants to play with the gross slugs oh my daughters loved the creepy centipede things i had in the jar yeah they claimed those I actually have a fear of centipedes. So I was like, that's fine. Just don't play with them around me. Because even though they're super <laughs> fake and neon looking, it gives me the creepy crawl. crawl that's why you put the centipedes in a sealed jar and everything yeah. else was open and we connect. But I'm going to have Courtney on tomorrow and we're going to talk more about those slugs and how. We yes, those were so fun. Them. And you found those on Amazon. Those were perfect. On Amazon, Courtney. Oh, she's watching right now. Hopefully getting ideas for tomorrow's interview. She says, so gross. So, so gross. gross. I think it was in the context of those. those yeah. Grubs. We'll see. And she, she, her cosplays are always amazing. So she's like the best part of the Candyland, uh, the, the D&D oh, video we did because she looks amazing. Okay. So the way we're talking about it right now, everything went so well. We had so many great people involved. I mean, we, we almost are making it look easy, but it wasn't always easy, was it? There were a lot of things that 
a lot of obstacles that we need to hurdle, more internal obstacles. There were yeah. logistical issues that we had to resolve. But when we were talking about what we wanted to discuss today, you mentioned the thing that stops you from free. Mm-hmm. Internal voice, this fear, this anxiety. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, I've heard I've also heard it termed the, the inner critic. And sorry, I, I might mention a lot of books I've read on the topic because I just it's a subject that I am very interested in is, you know, creativity. But one one of them says, you know, you have this voice that kind of tells you, you know, you're not good enough. You are going to fail. You just kind of speaks all of those negative crit- critiques to you, you know, mm-hmm. and you can even like sort of to me, one of the ways if we're going to start talking about, you know, how to c- combat these things, one of the ways is to picture that and, and kind of give it a face. And almost make you laugh at it as you would a, a Bogart in Harry Potter, you know, mm-hmm. this thing that shows you your fears and you like, how do you turn that on its head? So a lot of times when I am, you know, doing something and I'm just like, oh, wow, you know, you're terrible at this. I picture the dream sequence from Princess Bride and the woman who goes, queen of refuse, queen of and then it always makes me laugh. And I'm like, oh, it's just this lady talking in my dream. It's like, I don't need to listen to that, you know? Okay. You and I are both introverts. But we, we consciously make efforts to go out and to meet people and to be extroverted and we need to recover. I haven't mentioned this publicly yet, so you heard it here first. But last year, I finally was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And started getting help and started taking medications. And a lot of it was brought on by all this pressure to perform, this pressure to be seen, and this pressure to, you know, have this career that was able to support my family while also trying to establish myself as an authority in the field. And I felt like an imposter. I was, I, I had made up this job and can't believe people were paying me for what I was doing. And there were some, some, some troubles with, with the business and believing. And I, I almost gave up on Dungeon Master Direct entirely. And at that same time, I was scheduled to go on at FanX and be part of a, a game there and run some panels there. And I had a major panic attack before, uh, before FanX started. And I went to the doctor and I'm like, hey, I need something that's going to work this weekend. And so I was able to get on some medication and try to take a few steps back from all the responsibilities that I have and um, take care of myself a little bit more. And it's, it's, yes, last year was a really hard year, but look at what we've done this year, what we've done since, because I stuck with it. I was able to get a bunch of new clients, start a bunch of new campaigns. I was able to do this awesome live stream with you. I was able to participate in a Guinness World Record. I'm starting to sell dice more and going to be doing a lot of stuff at Evermore this summer. And the anxiety is still there. The fear is still there. Uh, but I can think back to, to Rachel Ann, how awesome you were and how we were able to support one another and hearing your journey about how you were nervous to take those first steps that's that's inspiring to me 
It makes me want to be more open about my struggles. I'll help yeah, other people. We always see the the bright, shiny end product from people. And it's easy to compare yourself sometimes, you know, on scrolling through Instagram or whatever. And it, it's easy to be like, uh, you know, like, oh, I, I wish I could be at that place. But the funny thing is, I'm not even comparing myself against one person. I'm comparing myself against everything I've just scrolled. So I'm like, you know, this person went to this premiere. This person was invited to collaborate on this. This person finished this project. And I'll just this person was at the convergence at Evermore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. I know. I'm like, I, I wasn't. Do. <laughs> I, I, I am so blessed in the things that I've been able to do for sure. But sometimes I'll just consciously realize I'm just like, oh, you are like comparing yourself not even against one person's experience. You're comparing yourself against all of the possible experiences in the world, which is the most massively unfair thing you could ever do to yourself. Stop it. You know? <laughs> Um, now, fear has a place. Yes. Fear has a place. Our ancestors needed to be afraid to not die, right? Mm -hmm. In a world where more things were, were out to kill them. And so we have evolved to have these fear responses so that we can make quick judgments and get out of danger as quickly as possible. But, you know, millions of years of evolution. And then you've got the last hundred or so years since the world's been industrialized, where we're not out in the jungle anymore we're not fighting for our lives every day but we yes. have but we've but, still evolved to have these fear responses so we're afraid of different things yes because you know when we, we we still perceive these these things as life-threatening you know our body mm -hmm. feels that as if this person doesn't like my work i will be rejected from the tribe you know yeah i i will be endangered yeah, if I mess up on this live stream or on the podcast <laughs> or or if people don't like it or we get bad reviews, like there yeah. goes my career, right? One um, of one of the huge things that I have been telling myself lately, partially through things I've read, partially through, you know, I, I do therapy as well, you know, and it's just like, I believe wholeheartedly, even if the world is not always the most accepting of this, that artists... And, and creators are entitled to do bad work. We are allowed to do that because that is the only way you get to the other side. And so there are some people who aren't willing to see that part of the process. And sometimes you might, I, I haven't had to deal with this too much personally yet. But, you know, if, if you get, I know, right? But if you get a lot of you know, mean comments and stuff. Sometimes that's just from people who are wounded that they see you going for these creative things that they've given up on. Sometimes it's people who just don't get it. And either way, it's like, you know what? You have the right to suck. You have the right to suck and to do it anyway and to go for it. And I will tell myself that sometimes when I'm going into something that, um, you know, I'm like, I have a right to be a beginner. It's okay to be a beginner and I have a right to slip and fall and to make a fool of myself. And, you know, like, it, especially because, you know, it does help, I think, when other people can see you going through that process and, you know, or sometimes maybe I, I feel self-conscious about things about myself physically or something. And I'll just be like, you know what? No, other people like me and whether it's like moms who feel like they won't be able to create or like 
you know, we've got the mom bod now or something, you know, I'm just like, they need more examples and I need more examples of people not feeling like they have to be someone's idea of what you look like to be good at this or the certain personality. Because I have a big thing with that, that I'm just like, I, I can definitely turn it on to be more of like a performer and stuff. But I don't think I would be somebody who would like work at Disneyland because that takes like a very high energy all the time. And yep. I'm like, no that, time to recharge that does not that does not happen to be me. And sometimes I get down on myself about that. I'm like, I wish I could be one of those people that is just always full of so much energy and stuff, you know, but you need to accept those sides of yourself. And I have a very quiet, contemplative side, and that's not wrong or bad especially because there's other quiet, contemplative people out there, you know? So anyway, those, those are some of my thoughts. But I just, yeah, I think I it's that. huge to let yourself suck and just do it anyway, you know? You heard it here first. Let yourself suck. Rachel Ann Robertson, May 8th, 2023. Well, what do we, what do, we do with fear? Because a lot of times the fear doesn't go away. You just have to learn how to manage it, how to work around it. Fear is, like I said before, an evolutionary advantage. How can we take this fear and harness it and use it to mm. create things? Yeah, for sure. I think you can use the energy of fear. I think there's a lot of emotions that we see as negative that we can make positive things out of. Jealousy, you know, this is not my idea. This is a thing from the artist's way. But is is kind of a map it just is showing you what you want you know and so you just take a step towards it and fear is much the same that fear is not always a bad thing one you can give yourself credit you're like i'm feeling fear that means i'm probably a sympathetic human being i care about not hurting people's feelings i care about being a kind individual those are good qualities like fear is not always a bad thing and, you know, I, it means I care about the work. It means I have a passion. Oh, that's cool. That's cool that I have a passion about something. But I think uh, like the author of Eat, Pray, Love has a very interesting take on fear. And she says that you have to take fear with you on any creative journey. You have to invite it along. It's coming on the road trip with you. But you never let it choose the music and you never let it take the wheel. And that has always been so such good. an incredible visualization for me that I'm like, yep, come on, get a loser. We're going shopping, you know, <laughs> you know, but, well, that was another know, person we invited into our collaboration. But you don't we let them choose the radio because they're going to put on the critic voice. Right. And they're yeah. wanna, they're going to want to stop you and scare you. And you don't let them take the wheel. You know, you might let them, you know, mention a few things to you and you'd be like, OK, I heard you. I heard you. I'll take that under consideration. I'll avoid um, that pothole. Okay. You know, stop speeding. Yeah, it's good to stop speeding. Yeah, start recklessly. Yeah, other techniques I've I've heard. Well, the, actually, that same author has. Whenever she starts a creative project, I have not tried this one yet, but I really want to because I just keep forgetting to. Is she'll write a letter to fear and kind of start this process <laughs> together and something that fear. Yeah, I hate your stinking gut. You make me vomit. Yeah. You're the skull between my toes. Love, Love. Rachel Ann. <laughs> um, it, well, I, I, it's almost even more of like a respectful approach to it. But for me, I will do sometimes, as, as I've told you, I do a thing, again, not my idea, but it's called writing morning pages. 
And I'm not perfect at it, but as often as I can, I try to start my day by just writing out um, stream of thought, stream of consciousness, three pages, and whatever comes out, comes out. Sometimes it's my concerns. Sometimes it's poetry. Sometimes it's part of a script I need to write. Sometimes it's complaining. But... <laughs> These are very secret pages. No one must see them. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You burn them. (laughs) But that helps me so much because for me, it is helpful for me rather than trying to tamp down my fear and just be like, no, I won't feel it. I won't feel it. It's better for me personally. You know, I'm not a therapist, so, you know, don't take this as gospel or anything. But to, to write out sometimes what I am afraid of and or even, you know, some of what the censor is saying to me. And then look at those and sometimes I'll take those and turn those into opposite statements and affirmation. But it, it makes me feel like those have been heard and those have been noted. And then like my therapist says, has given me like the assignment to take your, your fears and keep them in a journal and then just kind of keep it on the shelf and know that they are, that you're aware of them. And then you just pull it out occasionally and do one step that you can do for one of them, you know. I think that some of the greatest things to combat fear are action, you know, because the more you do a thing, the more you become acclimatized towards it, performing on stage or something. For me, I've done a lot of performing on stage, but I still get an exhilaration of fear. And like you said, how do you use that? I try to use that energy to just put it into my performance. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling electric with fear. Let's use that. But, Earlier, uh, yeah. while we were talking, you mentioned the roller coaster now. Yes. Roller coaster of emotions. I, I love roller coasters, right? <laughs> and I, I absolutely I'm afraid of roller coasters. Roller coasters. <laughs> I, but I, I like love them. them. But, but, but I realize now, I just, you know, thought I was tough growing up. Yeah, I like roller coasters. I'm whatever. But now that I realize, no, I've been struggling with anxiety my whole life. I, I'm experiencing intense fear in a controlled, safe Oh. Um, because I know I'm not going to fall off the roller coaster. I, you know, I trust, I have faith in the safety harnesses, yes. but I'm feeling a very strong emotion for a limited number of time and I'm not actually getting hurt. Yes. And when you, when you experience that sort of fear, your body tries to compensate for it by flooding you with endorphins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've, I've been I've been shark diving. I've been skydiving. I used to be a zipline tour guide. Love roller coasters. Did a lot of cliff diving when I was in college. Not always the safest thing, um, mm-hmm. but I, I realize now that I, I am seeking these thrills. I'm seeking this adrenaline because I, I feel more in control in those situations. I feel safer in those situations than you know the existential dread of. Am mm-hmm. I going to have enough money to, you know, support my family or pay for these medical bills or are people going to like me? Right. Well, um, I think that's why we love storytelling or at times escapism as much as we do, too, because sometimes being able to step away and, you know, battle monsters and stuff can be helpful with that same sort of thing. But also for me, I feel like I can kind of come back from an adventure, whether it be watching a movie or, you know, going off to Scotland or whatever. And I can come back from it being like this, you know, I've learned something about myself and I want to recommit to change this trait in myself. And 
uh, like for, for instance, when I just went to Scotland, I just had such a great time and I just felt like I was kind of, now I was stepping away from a lot of, a lot of my stresses. So it's easy to be the person you want to be when you don't have as many responsibilities. <laughs> but I was just like, man, that person that I was for a few days, I loved her. I loved her. And I want to bring more of her back with me, you know? That's great. That's fantastic. Well, if people want more ever adventurous in their life, uh, what sort of stuff are you involved with right, right now? What should people tune into? So the Evermore season of Mythos is opening up. So I will be doing some sort of video on that. Probably not right away. I'm probably going to do it a couple of weeks into the season. And then we have a cute little video that we're making of some of us dressing up in Regency attire and going to a tea party and on a stroll and playing this marrying Mr. Darcy game. And uh, is, so is there some guy going to be there who's just in a soaking wet white shirt? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not volunteering. I've got, I've got the dad bod going on. Um, but... No, um, find someone to be soaking wet, Mr. Darcy. Yeah, so lots of costumed adventures. I'm sure I'll do something else, D&D at some point. But that's on, you know, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram are all good ways to do that. I also have very limited photo sessions at Evermore. So if somebody wants to go get some cosplay photos, contact me. It's it's really, really limited this year because I have so many other projects that I'm taking on. So So in demand. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's that. And um, if you haven't watched our stream, I, I would love it if you take a gander because it's kind of cool. It's and it's, you may not recognize Rachel Ann and Jared. <laughs> somebody saw me at the Convergence and was like, oh, this is my first time seeing your face. And I was like, we went to dinner together. We spent like an hour and they're like, you did not look like this. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so so check that out. It was a lot of fun, and I look forward to our next collaboration. And thank you for this. Thank you, thank you for letting me be vulnerable on my own show, talk about my own insecurities and fears, and and be open about my anxiety. Like I, I really appreciate that, and yeah, that's feel like you're a person I can go to with that. For sure, that's something I definitely want to delve into more on my channel and stuff. Is just kind of encouraging creativity and so that's the tagline at the end of my videos is keep creating and stay ever adventurous so all right yeah. keep how does that go keep creating and stay ever adventurous yeah say that in like a really cool okay. and then we'll do our then we'll do our outro until next time keep creating and stay ever adventurous bye <laughs> <laughs>